made more sense instead of holding it that long term, use that capital to redeploy into maybe lowering debt or 1031ing into other properties or just getting ready to hoard cash a little bit for what we kind of see that might be coming down in the next year, year and a half. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with $1 million to $100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead, so they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large, and they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Matthew Tortoriello. Matthew, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on, Theo. Yeah, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. A little bit about Matthew. He's a full-time real estate investor as well as a property manager. He has over 25 years of real estate experience and his current portfolio is 250 units. He's also flipped 100 units and has wholesaled over 200 units. He is based in Springfield, Massachusetts, and his website is yellowbrick.org. So Matthew, do you mind telling us some more about your background and then what you're focused on today? Sure. Thanks, Theo. 
So I actually started getting involved in real estate when I was 16 years old. I kind of read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, got all excited. And I went and bought a two-family house where I borrowed money from my grandmother, actually, in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. And I kind of got my feet wet where I wanted to learn everything and try to manage it and fix everything. And about a year later, I sold it and learned a lot of lessons there, what not to do, basically, how not to manage. And it was definitely an education. I, I broke even on everything, but it was more of an education experience. And then four years later, I got into some multifamilies out in Michigan and to be honest, lost my shirt there. I hired a property manager because I thought, all right, now I'm going to hire a manager and learn from the last experience. And unfortunately, it was hard to manage from afar and I got taken advantage of. And eventually the four family got completely robbed. The toilets, the heating system, everything gone. And the insurance company refused to pay for it. So I had to take a full loss there, which sucked. For a few more years back in 07, I said, all right, I'm going to try this one more time because I'm a glutton for punishment. And I convinced my business partner now, but my best friend at the time, Kevin, and also my girlfriend at the time to buy a two family. I'll spend all the time. You guys keep working. We'll fix it. We're going to make tons of money. So we bought a two family in Springfield, Massachusetts, and basically it spent a whole bunch of time. I learned how to renovate everything. I went and got my contractor's license and we spent many hours renovating the two family and then rented it out. We're like, all right, we refinanced it and pulled out the money. We bought another two family and did that a few times. And we got to a point where we're like, all right, we only have so much money and how do we grow from there? And while I was actually at a gymnastics class, I was just chatting about what I'm doing. And this gentleman who had just sold some property down in Mexico was interested in reinvesting actually as well. <laughs> and we got involved together and he started investing. And that's when we kind of started blowing up and putting offers in on a lot of stuff and kind of growing from there where we got up to about 500 rental units. And we actually had built a management company around it because we couldn't find a good management company in the area. So we kind of just figured out, all right, we got to put these people here, grow this system there. And in Massachusetts, it's a very tenant-friendly state, I guess is the best way to say it. So there's a lot of legal battles you got to fight and a lot of hoops you have to go through to make sure you can get your tenants evicted if need be, or just everyone paying your rent. So we just had to build systems around it and how to handle and how to screen your tenants really well. And over the last couple of years, we've actually shifted into doing some more wholesale deals, flipping some houses, as well as selling off some of our portfolio that was not the best performing, I guess. So now we're, like Theo said, we're down to about 250 units we have right now. We're still wholesaling and flipping about 70 to 80 deals a year. And that's kind of our focus right now. We've also started managing for a few other people because people have been approaching us over the years. Hey, could you manage our stuff? And before we were like, no, 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 we have our own units. We're not really interested in that, but we have actually a really great team. We've sold off some of our units. So we have the capacity. So we said, all right, why not? So we've taken on a few management clients and we're kind of picky and we're kind of being selective on who we'll manage for. Just want to make sure that we're all like-minded. And other than that, we actually started also a YouTube channel to give back to the community because we found that that was really pivotal in our growth was that other landlords in the area were willing to share their knowledge and advice and help us not make the same mistakes they made. So we want to do the same thing for the future generations. 
Great, Matthew. Thank you for sharing that background. So a few follow-up questions. You said you met the guy, Theo, actually, at a gymnastics class. Was it really as simple as just talking about it? And then he's like, I'm in. And then the next day he wrote a check. How did that relationship develop? And then also secondarily, at that point, how many deals had you guys done? So first we were on our third deal. That was our third duplex, actually. And I'd been going to the class for about a year. Ashley was the one who kind of started the adult gymnastics class. And I'm just a talkative guy. And so I was just sharing what I was doing and just talking about it and how excited I was. And he was very intrigued by my passion. So he asked if I would have lunch with him. We sat down and we had lunch. I told him a little bit more about what we're doing. And I still didn't think that we were going to be an investor or anything like that. It was just more just shooting the breeze with this guy. And they invited me over and we jumped on his trampoline and we talked more. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, Hey, I just sold some property in Mexico. I'm looking to redeploy some money. Would you guys be interested in having me partner with you? So I'm like, well, yeah. Cause at that point we were like, how are we going to keep growing? We didn't have a huge background with banks and stuff like that and a huge financial background. So we thought that leveraging his other business as well as his funds would allow us to grow to that next level. So we kind of went from there. So you get three duplexes. How long had you been doing this for at that point? In that stage of the business, about three to six months. I think oh, it was so that's really fast. Yeah. We got the first duplex and we got it renovated. I was spending late, late nights till two, three in the morning. So I don't really sleep anyway, just working on it. We got it rented right away as we were actually renovating it. People kept coming up to us. Hey, when's that ready for rent? When is rent? So we rented it right away. And at that time, we already had a hard money lender lined up. So we just kind of segued into the next one. And then before it was going, the burst strategy, we burned it or refinanced it with a local bank and just kept rolling it from there. So it was kind of a snowball effect for the first three. But then we were like, how do we keep growing? Because we could only get so many loans at that time. Yeah. Get an idea of the capability that you had. So you did three duplexes in three to six months. And then once he said, Hey, I'm going to invest, and you heard the number, how many deals did you know you were able to do? And then was it pretty easy to find those number of deals, or do you have to change the way you were finding deals at that point? So we had actually teamed up with a local realtor. She was the only person in the area that was willing to go into some of these dilapidated buildings. There were just tons of dilapidated buildings in Springfield and the surrounding towns that either had vagrants living in there, a lot of homeless people. It was, in some points, dangerous, to be honest. So that was a key member that we found. And once we knew we had the financial backing, basically, we just started shooting offers out. So it was about how many properties can we see that were REOs and running our numbers. Because at that point, a good idea of I could walk through a property and figure out within reasonable approximation of how much it's going to take to rehab. And then we would just basically throw out a low ball offer to make sure we had plenty of room there. And I think at one point we were throwing out maybe 80 offers a week at all these different properties and maybe 10% come back, we thought, or maybe even less. And all of a sudden we started getting quite a few back. And so we had to kind of cherry pick the best ones because more were coming back that were saying, yes, we'll move forward. Are these all duplexes? No. We started with duplexes. We bought a bunch of fours and sixes. We even have a couple 16 family buildings. And then over the last, maybe back in 2015, we started buying quite a few single families. I think we own right now, maybe about 30 single family homes and rented those out, which have been fantastic rentals. What was the thought process? 
Because usually people go two, four, six, 16, 32, 100 units, whereas you kind of went two, four, six, 16, and then back to single family. So what was the thought process behind that? Well, the thought process was at the time we were started going to foreclosure auctions in 2015. And most of the stuff that was foreclosing at that time were a lot of single families and we were able to get them really cheap. We got one single family home for $200. So at that point, it needed maybe $40,000 worth of work. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was a fantastic rental because a single family home, we could rent for about $1,500 to $1,600. So the cash flow was fantastic. But the other <laughs> thought process was going into more single families was they were less hands-on. We could also hold the tenants more accountable given the fact that if there was a, a pest problem, well, it's the tenant. Whereas when we had our 16 family building and we had a multiple pest problem, even though we were treating quarterly for all our pests, we'd go in front of a judge and the judge would always hold us accountable. Or at that point, we were also seeing bed bugs on the rise in the area. So we were having these massive treatments done that costing a thousand dollars a unit. So we were trying to figure out a way to combat the extra costs that we were seeing. Another question I have for you. So you mentioned that this time a few years ago, you were at 500 units and then now you're kind of in half. And so I'm kind of wondering what the thought process behind knowing when it's the right time to sell, how much to actually sell and how much to keep, just your philosophy or the conversation you had with your partners when it came to selling such a large portion of your portfolio. Well, one of the things was we wanted to pay off some debt we had borrowed and the prices were going up. But the other thing we were looking at, well, some of our lower cash flowing properties we could sell, it'd take maybe 10 to 15 years in cash flow for what we could get right then for capital right then by selling it. So we felt that it made more sense instead of holding it that long term, use that capital to redeploy into maybe lowering debt or 1031ing into other properties or just getting ready to hoard cash a little bit for what we kind of see that might be coming down in the next year, year and a half. Okay. And then going back to this initial investor person, is he still with you? And is he still your only investor? Or did you raise capital from other people along the way? I think we got up to $4 million in capital we raised from a couple other investors. But for the most part, Theo, he's still with us. And we're basically the three partners. It's Kevin, Theo, and myself. We have teamed up with a couple other people as far as flipping But for the most part, we are the primary partners. Okay, Matthew, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Just get started and don't focus so much on learning everything because you're never going to learn everything and you'll learn a lot along the way. And also start a adult gymnastics class. That's what I'm going to do when we get off. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matthew, are you ready for the best ever lighting round? Yes. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. First question is, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I've actually been rereading Recession Proof Real Estate Investing by Jay Scott. Just given what's going on in the economy right now, I kind of want to prepare myself and he's a really smart guy. What's the top takeaway you've gotten from that book that applies to what we're currently going through with the pandemic and everything? Building up lines of credit in different ways just to prepare yourself for having a lot of capital to redeploy as things are ready to buy because banks might be tightening up a little bit. If your business would have collapsed today, what would you do next? 
I thought about this a little bit. Honestly, if I had to start all over from scratch, I would do something along the line. Maybe I would focus on a little side hustle, reselling maybe Home Depot wares or something like that, where you're buying stuff in bulk and then splitting it apart. And once I had enough capital, I'd start getting into real estate again. That's the first time I've gotten that as an answer. So thank you for that. So these two questions are going to be related and kind of the opposite. So we'll start with, I guess, the negative one first, which is, have you ever lost money on a deal? And if you have, how much did you lose? And what lessons did you learn? Okay. Yes, we have lost on a few deals. One particularly stands out was we went to an auction down in Wilton, Connecticut, which is about two hours away. So it was a hike. It was the furthest one we've ever done. We lost by the end of it, probably about $200,000. And really what we learned was stick in our core area within an hour of our home base, as well as never negotiate with a buyer that you'll do work after the fact, just get everything done, set expectations right then. Otherwise it just turns into sometimes a legal battle. Okay. And then on a more positive note, what's the best ever deal you've done? We bought a two family for a dollar. A dollar? <laughs> one dollar. We were part of doing a receivership program. We actually were the number one receiver in Springfield for numerous years. We did over 50 receiverships and we became a receiver on this two family. And the bank just wanted nothing to do with it. And they said, hey, will we take it off our hands? We're like, sure. We were going to offer them more than that. But they said, just a dollar. Let's just get it done. And uh, we're like, sure. Wow. it's amazing. What is the best ever way you like to give back? We actually started a YouTube channel, Two Guys Take on Real Estate, and there we're all about paying it forward for all the lessons we've learned over the years. We want everyone else to be able to learn from that. And then what was that YouTube channel called again? Two Guys Paying It Forward, you said? Two Guys Take on Real Estate. Two Guys Take on Real Estate. Got it. And then last question is, what is the best ever place to reach you? So besides the YouTube channel, Two Guys Take on Real Estate... You can also reach us on yellowbrick.org. Perfect. Well, thank you, Matthew, for joining us today and providing us with your best ever advice. We talked about your progression from starting at 16 years old to some struggles in the beginning to obviously ultimately now having a solid business with rentals and then flipping and wholesaling properties every year. You talked about how you raised money for your first deal. I always love to hear stories like that. So just kind of really random, just talking about it to everyone you meet and eventually just meeting the right person at the right time and it seems to have worked out very, very well for you. We talked about how you found your deals and the types of deals you targeted and then why you went back down to single family homes because of the advantages of it being less hands-on and hold tenants more accountable and your state being a pretty tenant-friendly state as well as being able to get them for so cheap, like 200 bucks or I guess the duplex was a dollar, but still 200 bucks is pretty cheap for a house. And then we also talked about the thought process behind selling off properties. Like when do you sell? How do you know when to sell? Which property should you sell? And then you gave your best ever advice, which is to get started and then also to not fall into analysis by paralysis in a sense, or just educating yourself to the extreme and using that as an excuse to not really take any action. So could not agree more with that, Matthew. So thanks again for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Best of your listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow.